everybody new month so that means we have a new installment for you um, I'm actually considering to make these a little bit more consistent maybe every two weeks or so um, let me know give me a sense um, of what you're enjoying should we make these episodes uh, monthly or have more installments every other week um, because I've realized that people are really enjoying the engagement um, it's a little bit of a balancing act right because these um, episodes are so content heavy that I often like to give it room and space not only for myself but also for you for you to share um, reflections ideas and for us to just let it sink in because there's often so much happening at once but yeah please do give me feedback so I'm really excited about this third installment um, I had a really really interesting conversation a few weeks back actually with Ukarabo very well known in the youth uh, engagement space specifically in, in the southern african region and also just on the continent and internationally as well she is really a trailblazer but a person who puts some action behind her words she really does the work and our conversation really touches on the state of things in south africa and particularly the role that young people can play i wanted her to also shed light in terms of her specific role because i think there's often a sense that activism needs to look a certain way but i think what's really powerful about this particular young woman is that she has made sure that she advocates for young people but also she backs it up with her profession and she plays to her strengths and i think it's important for us to see how activism can take shape in different ways we of course also touch on the role of social media digital media and various other forms of communication that she uses in order to reach um, um, young people but also to reach stakeholders and important decision makers and to also perhaps also add pressure on them as well so this was a perfect well-rounded conversation and I think it's bringing us closer to the topic that I really want us to, um, at the end of the series, have maybe some answers for. The role that digital media plays, the role that social media plays, the role that communication plays, and what effect this has in terms of the engagement of young people, particularly politically. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and I think let's just dive in and I'm hoping to hear some reflections from you. Enjoy. Okay, sure. So I like to summarize majority of my career. I, I like to describe myself as an activist. I, I say quote unquote professional activist because a lot of the times I think when you're an activist as a young person. It's always like voluntary, it's always on the margins of things and it's always on the sidelines. But basically by profession, I am a legal and development practitioner and mainly focusing on things like human rights protection, um, you know, issues relating to active, active citizenship and peace building as well so things that are basically communal in nature that relate to people and their societies and just ensuring that there's equally justice so the legal part as well is a is a big part of my journey because you then need to reform policies and laws and frameworks in order to have a foundation to enable those other things to happen so I am that professionally but outside of that I think I mean there's a whole human being outside of that <laughs> and 
yeah, I, I'd like to think I am part rural girl at heart. So I definitely grew up in like a rural context and then migrated to more of the suburban, um, you know, context as well. So I think I'm a really good mixed breed. So if you want somebody who understands full on what um, the dynamics of our society look like, I think I'm well positioned to really speak for both margins. And yeah, I like dancing, I like food, I like traveling. So those are the bits of me. Yeah, great description. Also just represents that people are full human beings before they're anything else. Um, I can relate to a lot of it, especially the rural um, upbringing or having this sort of um, duality to you where you have been exposed to too many bits of society. I, I definitely can relate to that. I think for the longest time, that was probably the biggest motivation to come to mm-hmm. politics, you know, because I was always so fascinated by society, you know, what shapes it, what, what, what influences it, just because I was constantly exposed to so many different versions of it all the time. Um, and it, it became this natural inclination to want to give back. Um, just to highlight, I mean, you really, really do work that speaks to marginalized uh, groups, or rather, um, you know, you are centering this, uh, topics that may not necessarily be mainstream. I mean, if we look at gender and youth, those are have become hot so hot topics, buzzwords, but if we really look at the work, there's so much more to be done there and obviously social justice. Um, and so I want to know as a young person who is characterized as an activist, that's what you do, that's what you like to do, and clearly it shows through your professional work. Um, why these topics and how do you use different forms of media to reach marginalized groups? Because this is often the discussion, are we leaving people out um, is it then maybe not contradictory to the cause? And I'd really, really like to pick your brain on that. Okay. So I guess in relation to why um, those specific areas, I think because I, 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 I truly believe that identity plays a big part in how we place ourselves in our society and in this world. And often when you then face discriminations or exclusions as a result of your identity, that just really impacts your ability to even socialize in whatever context it is that you find yourself. So part of it definitely is more personal in that I am you know, a young black woman, which who obviously is also based in Africa. So there's like, parts of my identity that have been used to discriminate, to exclude, you know, to place me in the margins of you are not worthy of being in these spaces, um, or you have to work 10 times hard for us to even acknowledge the contributions that you make in any sort of space you find yourself in. So I think those hardships were just, like, I couldn't ignore them because, like I said, it's like a personal thing. It's constantly in your face and just like but you know um I guess not even I guess I didn't choose this identity and the fact that it's a basis for my interactions the basis for how I'm viewed the basis for how I'm judged is yes rightfully so I think diverse identities are important but it shouldn't be the marker for you to exclude me particularly in like negative ways you know so I, I 
I definitely saw the need to get into that space because often we are silenced in a lot of the spaces that we deserve to be in, that we are needed within because we want to then create these solutions about um, world issues. And a lot of the times those issues really impact us. And a lot of the times we are not in those spaces to influence the solutions, the programs, the policies, and all these things that are adopted within those spaces. And a lot of the times then those solutions that have been baked without us are then brought to us to, for us to openly accept them. And a lot of the times they're just not intersectional enough. They don't really consider us. It's just a, we have this, at least we did something, whereas it's really not good enough for us and the kind of issues that we face. So it was very important for me to make sure that I then stream into um, identity, human rights related work, particularly for groups that are silenced or do not have an effective voice within these spaces. And I think we're seeing obviously the, like you were saying, it's a buzzword and stuff. So we are seeing the increase of representation and it's it's becoming better for sure. Um, however, I think we're not at a point where we question the effectiveness of that representation. We still have a lot of tokenism within the spaces. So we then still, you know, yes, we've been fighting to get in. There are a few of us who are in, but now we need to then get in and then still fight for the fact that, hey, don't tokenize us, actually listen to us because we have valuable things to add and bring. And in terms of, I guess, the means used a lot to then communicate these things, um, particularly with regards to things like media. Um, I think I use whatever platforms I can because I think that messaging needs to be communicated in various ways. Obviously media, um, both traditional media and social media um, tend to be great for reach purposes. They are very good in terms of reaching people that you, would, you wouldn't ordinarily actually reach. So then I use writing to communicate issues that affect marginalized groups, um, working also within like news um, agencies, newspapers, radio to then communicate a lot of that messaging. But then on the other side, social media, which has been really powerful to, you know, to, to amplify messaging and to amplify specific positions, but to also influence, influencing decision makers. Because like I said, we don't always have access to those spaces, but often that engaging media actually helps, puts pressure, which is unfair, but we need to be effective. And the best way to be effective is to put pressure on those that are making the decisions. So I think also just then being in this sort of space, you then realize that you, you're not just trying to be a voice, you're trying to be equally an ally. And allyship is so important um, where you don't, or you, you don't really identify. So I don't believe that, for example, I am heterosexual. I'm not part of the LGBTI plus community, but I am an ally of that community. And I, because it's, again, goes back to identity related issues. An ally create platforms for them to speak about their own issues. And I think it's important then when you find yourself in this sort of space, it's not just about you. You need to be able to basically 
push others who are marginalized, even if it has nothing to do with you, you can't even identify with such groups. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you've touched on something really, really important. Speaking of um, the use of whatever, you know, format, platform, whatever you have access to, to, to drive the force or to create a space for others um, to, to be centered in the discussion. I think one of the things that I'm really fascinated by is the obvious exclusionary factor that comes with digitalization as a whole, especially when we look at the context of Africa and many other regions. But just to spotlight South Africa, I mean, there are a lot of people who are um, left out of the discussion, whether that it, that is due to language or because they they feel intimidated by having a voice or whatever in certain spaces, or maybe they just don't have access. They don't even know that certain engagements are happening, or the mere fact that a lot of people just don't have the tools. They don't have the the, the nice gadget to to be constantly engaging on social media all the time. Maybe they don't have the data. Um, and if if you look at your role as an activist one would assume that, you know, the assumption is you have certain, you place certain young people in the room and those young people then are tasked to sort of be multipliers, whether that's in, in the form of an organization or that you represent or you as an individual. And when we look at the current state of the nation in South Africa, we have so many compounding challenges and issues. Um, and the one of identity obviously is a, a very, very important one. It's probably centered. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, it gets so exhausting. There's so many things, so many uh, um, things happening at once. So everything is urgent. Um, how do you see your particular role, you know, uh, one as an individual, but also professionally through your work? And the reason why I ask this is it may seem obvious, but um, I think there may be people listening in who may have a similar profile to you or may aspire to that and are thinking, how do I use what I have? to at least do something, even it may, even if it may not be an incredibly big contribution, but for people to realize that you do what you can with what you have. So that would be interesting for me to also know. Yeah, I absolutely agree. There is a lot going on. Um, I think there was a time when I was looking at some of the issues that, yeah, and, and I guess it's even, Things are even more compounded when you then, for example, when you just look at youth issues, you're not just talking about young people as a homogeneous group, you're talking about rural-based youth, you're talking about youth with disability, like there's just so much in this country. I think just in terms of, you know, I guess playing a part and channeling it, I think you, you ought to find, and I'll say, you find your corner, you find your corner and where it is that you feel like you can really contribute. Uh, personally, I, initially when my this this career started, I was more, you know, on the ground implementing programs. And then I got exhausted. I was like, okay, a lot of the times you're battling for resources to even implement these sort of things. Then I got to... Um, like mainstream activism where you're like protesting, where you are speaking to decision makers to be like, you guys are not implementing, you guys, youth are not at the table. That was where I was at, I think, for the longest time. But even that was exhausting because I found myself in rooms. It, it almost felt like we were just saying the exact same things all the time. I think now where I'm at, I'm more at a, an accountability level. And I think I like this place, and this was more recent, where, yes, we have all these, and South Africa's really 
known for having great policies, great laws, great frameworks, great action plans. And people often complain about the implementation of those sort of things. And, but, but then in complaining then about the lack of implementation, I think we then need to hold the leaders accountable from a technical perspective. And that's where I was at to say, okay, how do we then, we have this issue, how do we then assist government? Because I think it's over the longest time we attacked government. So it'd be great to be like, hey, we're not happy, but here are the things that you can do to actually do this better or whatever it is. Or, hey, you said you're going to implement this policy by 2024. We haven't even started. How can we help to actually, you know, um, make this work and that sort of thing. So I think I'm at an accountability level. And within that, then I'm just using the my little corner to actually amplify that. And that is the writings that I'm doing. Um, often the writings then lead to the media engagement. So those are almost like they see the piece and they're like, okay, we'd like to interview you. And then just on the social media platform, then we have discussions with other young people, but also then understanding that when you're invited into spaces, it's not just your voice. It's not just like, okay, I'm doing a brand thing. It's really you representing a constituency of people um, that don't have access to these spaces. So there's that big responsibility. Uh, and truth be told, it's, it's impossible for all young people to be in like, maybe like a youth consultation and that sort of thing. So I think it's important then for those that have access to not only consult with other young people, but to ensure that they are they themselves are accountable to young people because you are a mouthpiece for young people when you get into these spaces. But I think then a lot of the times we use these sort of things to just help with the brands, help with ourselves, help push our own careers, and we really forget the bigger mandate. So I do think in your own corner try and understand what you have access to and how you can use those things um because there's something even if it's like at community level and pure pure grassroots level you know mobilizing other young people and speaking about you know the the state of south africa and what it looks like i mean we have elections next year maybe getting other young people to create lobby groups or to just speak about the importance of voting. So I think that in as much as yes, there are quite a, definitely there's quite a lot of things that create exclusions. And I think that there's a two-part responsibility for those that have access to really assist those that don't have access, but also those that then at least have some form of base and information to create some form of platform or you know initiative at community level in their corner yeah and um, from research it echoes also a lot of what you've said now there's this misconception of who young people really are and how we act how we are active you know there's this we are always associated with not being stable we reactionary um you know there's very little accountability it's often coming from a place of frustration or uh, connected to a cause and i think because of that um what gets overshadowed is the importance of all the work whether that means a young person is truly on the ground and is doing what is stereotypically classified to be youth engagement 
um, or whether that's a young person who has a seat at the table and can hold certain um, structures, people accountable, uh, working on a policy level, whether it's a young person who's a facilitator and facilitates discussion. I think what has often gotten lost for me is people recognizing the importance of the work across the board. We have to do the work and it looks very different. And I'm so glad that you also highlighted this because I think this is definitely a misconception. I think lastly on this, on this topic, um, I'm obviously diving into the importance of civic education and um, uh, the, how that intersects with uh, different forms of media, digitalization, et cetera. And I, I think we all can't ignore the fact that elections are happening next year. There's this tone of apathy or maybe even frustration um, amongst young people, um, maybe feeling a little bit like we're stuck, we, we have a voice, we have frustrations, we have things that we want to say, there's things that we want to change, but we're not really sure how much we can really change at the next year or bit. What would be your message to somebody who maybe shares those sentiments? Um, so I would, oof, <laughs> this is a tough one. So. Yeah. I'm actually writing a piece on why young people need to vote next year. And I think just even writing that and just trying to understand the context in which, you know, the, you know, the empathy exists and just the fatigue and yeah, just all of the things that it's almost like a shift in the hope that young people actually have and a shift in the hope that just people generally have. And I think that, you know, I, I and just engaging on civic education, I think that's going to be the marker, you know, for a lot of us really being informed about what is going on around us and understanding the part that we can play to bring that change. I think there is still room, not even I think, there is still room for a lot of things to be done in this country and to just be done generally around political will, around political participation and governance. And it hinges on people power. It's not just about those who are elected and those, you know, that are chosen to represent us, but it's really about people power and how we use that power that we have from the, you know, as actually engaging in the voting, but also as then engaging in accountability, engaging in any sort of public participation processes that exist. There's so much power, but I think the biggest issue is awareness. I don't think a lot of people and people understand how much power it is that they actually have. Um, the, a few years back, I volunteered for um, the South African electoral um, office that runs the elections. And I was like part of the people counting the votes. And for the first time I obviously understood what the system looks like and why then it's so important for just everybody to vote. You know, I used to find, there was this phrase, every vote counts, and it really just didn't make sense to me. I was like, okay, I guess. But I think when I then went behind the scenes, I was like, it, honestly, it really all counts. And I guess that spoke to the importance of, you know, like I'm saying, people power. People have so much power within the political space and how a 
government and a country is actually run. Um, however, that is also not to say that, you know, people are, people are tired and rightfully so people are absolutely tired, but I think because of the frustrations we're experiencing and all the things that are happening around us and we all want better. And I think maybe using that, we wanting better part of us to then push us to use that political power that we have to change things, to hold people accountable um, and to just push whatever change it is that we want to see. Yeah, perfectly put. Um, I think the frustration is all part of it. And to be honest, it's warranted. And mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's also just part of um, the result of living in a certain uh, situation for a period of time and what that means for society and all the different shifts. And I think um, not to get too research heavy about it, but it is a case study. I mean, South Africa is quite fascinating if you look at it that way, but we're also not the first country to go through a transition like this. So it's it's equally both interesting what will happen in the next year and a bit, but to be honest, I, um, and this is, has been echoed in many conversations I've had, I really, really think we have an engaged young people in South Africa. We have young people who are qualified, young people who have a lot to say, but also back it up, young people who are doing the work on the ground. Um, sometimes it may feel fragmented, but I definitely hope that whoever's listening in also feels inspired to also continue to do whatever they're doing in their corner, because I think there's a lot of it. And, and a collective effort might result in some interesting results. So thank you so much, Garabo, one, for the work that you do. Um, I think activism is not easy. It's tiring. It, it, it's, it's a huge responsibility. Sometimes it's a complete 24 seven kind of job with no breaks. And so kudos to you for, for doing the work. Thank you so much. Thank you for even having me and for this platform as well. Mm-hmm.